Hello, and welcome back to His Simple Truths Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Mullins. Tyson Thompson. We're excited to be with you. This is podcast number 13, um, and its title is Casting Off Your Demons, um, which sounds very ominous. <laughs> and it kind of is. Yeah, but we're today what we're going to talk about, so in the last podcast, we talked about um, claiming our blessings, right? And as I pondered on that concept, I've been given further light and knowledge. Tyson and I both have um, other brothers that have listened to the podcast and reached out to us, helped us to fill in some blanks. And we've come up with a pretty much a step-by-step process to be able to claim your blessings Um, and it has to do first with casting off demons recognizing what's holding us back and so demons by definition for this podcast will be any influence from the adversary or the dark side that's keeping you from stepping forward and claiming your blessings so to start out I want to read a a couple of scriptures out of Alma. Alma chapter 5, verse 38 is where we'll start. And he says, Behold, I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call you, yea, and in his own name doth he call you, which is the name of Christ. And if ye will not hearken unto the voice of the good shepherd, to the name by which ye are called, behold, ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd. And now if ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd, of what fold are ye? Behold, I say unto you that the devil is your shepherd, and ye are of his fold. And now who can deny this? Behold, I say unto you, whosoever denieth this is a liar and a child of the devil. For I say unto you that whatsoever is good cometh of God, and whatsoever is evil cometh of the devil. Therefore, if a man bringeth forth good works, he hearkeneth to the voice of the good shepherd, and he doth follow him. But whosoever bringeth forth evil works, the same becometh a child of the devil, for he hearkeneth unto his voice, and doth doth follow him. I love these verses. I mean, Alma pretty much lays it out there that if it's good, it's from God, and if it's bad, it's from the devil. Yeah. So some fruits of that would be, uh, you know, if it unites people, that's of God. If it's dividing people, it's not of God. And there is no gray area. It's one or the other. Either you're following the good shepherd and you're part of his fold, or you're following the adversary and you're part of his clan. So (laughs) so question for you, Greg. (coughs) You think it's possible to be a self-proclaimed Christian or a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and not be on the Lord's side? You mean even if you're coming to church? Depends on if you're hearkening to the voice of the Lord, right? So that's what President Nelson is trying to pound into our heads, that we have to learn how to receive revelation and be hearkening unto the voice of the Spirit. So I think there are quite a few people who are proclaiming to be good I mean the Pharisees and Sadducees thought they were good true right and they were preaching the word of God right but we know that their fruits were of the devil 
and yep. Christ pretty much laid that out for them. With yeah, he pretty much told them they were children of the devil. In fact, there's no pretty much about it. He did tell them that straight out. Yeah, and and I think there's people on the opposite end of that spectrum that are just as bad, right? That are just totally denying the spirit and not doing what they've been asked and called to do by the spirit, and they're just as much in Satan's flock as as the Pharisees and Sadducees were. I think what comes to mind for me is one time um, kind of had a, sort of a glimpse of um, or a, a thought more of a, like a daydream kind of um, but basically <coughs> was thinking about the covenant path as President Nelson's talked about and holding on to the iron rod and I kind of saw two opposing ditches um, well they seem to be opposing you got the ditch of self-misery, which I talked about before, and then on the other side is the, the ditch of um, self-congratulation, right? And and there's people that are stuck in, in either ditch, and the reality is, is that both of them are in the kingdom of the devil. So you got these people in this ditch on the left side of the path are just wallowing in self-misery, right? And their demons are just owning them. And then the people on the right side of the path that are that are laying in a ditch with their feet up thinking they've made it um and really both are close to the path but they're neither of them are on the path and i certainly know i've vacillated from both from one ditch to the other in my life and i hope for permanency's sake that i'm now on the path you know that i'm that i'm securely on the path and that i'm holding on to the rod and and my role there is is to try to help people out of either ditch without getting sucked into a ditch myself meaning i've got to maintain two feet on the path and and one hand on the rod and if somebody's made enough effort to climb up onto the uh, uh, close enough for me to reach out and grab them and pull them pull them up onto the path then i can but i also can't forfeit or um you know or put myself in jeopardy at the same time yeah you don't go into the ditch to get somebody out of the ditch <laughs> You make a ladder. Right. Oh, there's my buddy. Find a rope. <laughs> buddy over there, he's getting wasted. I'll go get wasted with him once. And then after it's over, I'll be like, dude, that was a bad idea, wasn't it? Yeah, we should go to church. No, that's not how it works. I'm going to go tell that guy how good I am at following the teachings of the Savior. And that's going to help him want to get out of the ditch. Like that whole pride factor, that doesn't work either. Yeah. Right. We we have to be able to make a ladder find a rope mm -hmm. and those there's we'll talk about those in later podcasts but for this one what we really want to talk about is what's in those ditches really <laughs> and how how you can get out of them how you can claim blessings that help you get out of them so what we're going to do, we're going to go through this formula really quick, and then we're going to go through some examples. And I just want to make it very clear that this, these are examples. They're not firm, set in stone, this is the way it is. They're going to be a little bit different for each individual person based on where they're at and their progression and what they want in the end, right? What their end goal is. So the... <coughs> The pattern goes like this. The first thing that you have to do is identify what's holding you back. Identify your demon, right? What is it that's that's blocking you from progressing? The second thing is you got to have a desire to overcome that. You have to want 
to get away from it. I know a lot of people who are being blocked by a particular demon that they're comfortable with that demon. They like it. They don't want to get away from it. And nothing can happen until there's a desire to get away from it because of the law of agency. My mom always used to say, chalk this one up to write to, to, to the church of mom, right? But she was like, people have to hurt bad enough to want to change, right? Otherwise, they're just going to continue on with what they've always been doing, you know? And if you don't hurt bad enough to want to change, then guess what? You're, you're not going to change. Yeah, isn't that an unfortunate reality that it's so simple? These truths are so simple and right in front of us, but we have to beat our head into the brick wall a thousand times before it hurts bad enough that we're like, hey, I should do what the prophet said and repent, which means to change. Right. And and move forward. Right. You step back from the, from the, you've so myopically focused on that one section of the wall that you're trying to break with your skull that when you step back, there's a door clearly labeled repentance right there. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I stepped to the right by a foot and a half, opened the door and walked through it. Weird. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> it hurts. Everybody's like, you look like a Klingon. You got all these like big bump on your forehead. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. So the desire is your agency. It's your choice. Okay. So once you have the desire to change, the next thing that you have to do is identify the blessing because there is a blessing that is going to help you overcome or put off that demon or get rid of that demon. Then the next step is hope. So hope is a very overlooked principle in the gospel. And I believe that hope is a principle of action. So hope is the spiritual creation of the blessing that you're looking for so if you and we'll go through and give you some examples of these but we know from teachings of the temple and all through the restored gospel that all things are created spiritually first and then physically so hope is your spiritual creation of the blessing that you're seeking to put off your demon then the next step is you have to find the law upon which the blessings predicated so in the Doctrine and Covenants, it teaches us that there is a law irrevocably decreed before the foundation of the earth upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we receive any blessing, it is by obedience to the law upon which it is predicated. So you can't receive a blessing without being obedient to the law that's connected to that blessing. So you have to figure out what the law is and then be obedient to that law. And the way you're obedient to that law is the next step, which is faith. So faith is the other action word. Hope is the spiritual action word. Faith is the physical action word. So the action of faith is, is the actual creation of the thing that you've hoped for. By stepping into the darkness and beginning to do what's necessary to create that thing physically. Um, and then the the final phase of this is where you actually claim the blessing or you you receive the miracle it, it's physically manifested okay so identify the demon have a desire to get rid of it identify the blessing begin the spiritual creation through hope find the law that's connected to that that blessing you want begin to act in faith and then claim the blessing so when the lord told me 
those few weeks ago to claim your blessings. I was like, sweet, okay, give it to me. I'm ready. Lord, I'm here. I'm I'm claiming it. So so then comes to mind, right, the chastisement of Oliver Cowdery, right? The Lord's like, you took no thought but to ask me. <laughs> but you must study it out in your mind, right, and then put it into action of some kind. Yep. That's exactly. So as I sat and pondered that, talking to a couple other brothers, all of this came together, and I was like, okay. And when I looked at the pattern, I was like, well, there's there were some of them that I was already being obedient to the law that was required. And I was able to immediately claim that blessing because I was already in compliance. But there were others that I looked at. I was like, oh, dang, got some work to do on that one. Darn it. Before I get that blessing. Um. Okay, so we're just going to go through a couple of these. Do you have anything else? No, I think we're good. Okay, we're going to just go through a couple of these and walk you through them. So um, we all know that we've been given a thorn in the flesh, right? God tells us that he gave us weakness, that we may be humble. So everybody's got something that they're working on. Addiction. Whatever it is, mine's food addiction. That's what I'm working on right now. And let me just point this out: if you if you're sitting here like, oh, I can't really think of anything, just go to the Lord. Like yeah. I've done that a few what times. Black guy, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey Lord, what do I lack? He's like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'm like, oh yeah, that's enough. That's Slow a, down. That's a lot of lacking. Can I work on these lackings before you give me more lackings? <laughs> okay, so the demon is whatever that thorn of the flesh is okay um, the blessing that you want is to be able to overcome that weakness the law that's required to overcome that thorn of the flesh is humility okay Christ says that if you come unto me in humility that I'll make weak things become strong unto you the actions that are required is to recognize the need for Christ in all things and to center your heart in Christ. So you're not going to overcome the thorn in the flesh by sheer willpower. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, you mean we don't we don't uh, do everything we can and then Christ makes up the rest? Or or do we let do we get yoked with him like he actually told us in scripture, right? And then he helps us along. And when we're weak, he carries us. And then as we show a little more strength, he lets us sh shoulder a little bit more of the load. But we're never actually doing it on our own. Think about times in your life. I can think of plenty in mine where I accomplished something that I worked really hard for. And I was proud of that accomplishment. Pound your chest like, I am all that is man. I did that. That was me. And then think of other times where you were so broken down that you had no other option but to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't even know what to do right now. I need your help. It's funny, too, because how many times is that the exact same thing, right? Like you built wealth, right? You got this wealth. You're on top of a cloud. You're like, I did this, right? And then it's all gone. And the Lord's like, you go to him, you're like, Lord, help me. And he's like, I thought you did it. <laughs> you're like, okay, okay, okay. Yep, that's exactly right. 
So centered in Christ, recognizing his hand in all things, and then the miracle, the, the manifestation of that is, then I will make weak things strong unto them. Okay, that's, he gives you whatever that weakness was becomes a strength. And because it became a strength in Christ, you now turn around and go use that strength to bless somebody else's life, to help them with that weakness. Yeah, and you don't you don't do that by going, hey, check me out, I conquered this addiction or I conquered this, you know, challenge I have in my life and here's how you do it, right? And I hope everybody hears, it's funny because Greg and I talk about checklists and then we kind of created this it's not really a checklist, but we created this formula. this matrix, right? It's a <laughs> formula. It's different than a checklist, okay? <laughs> but but anyway, um, so this is a, we're just presenting this in a, in an organized way is all we're doing, and we want you to take these concepts and the principles, or the Lord does actually. He wants you to take these principles and then and then in these simple truths and then apply them in your own life. But I think that we can get we can get to a place in our lives where, and I've done it many, many times where I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, I'm, I'm just going to set my mind to it and I'm going to do it. And, and then we get wrecked, right? Because we realize that you can't do it on your own. It's like chipping away at the major fallacy of, of, uh, God doesn't give us anything he can't ha we can't handle. That's true if you include the sentence with Christ's assistance, but you know, but we don't do it on our own. We're not empowered to overcome this world on our own. That's the whole point. Yep. Okay, so let's hit another one. This is one that we hear a lot, which is scarcity, right? Not having enough money, uh, enough resources. So that's the demon, scarcity. The blessing would be to have sufficient for your needs. Um, so, well, the, the desire is obviously to get out of that situation of not having enough. The blessing is to have sufficient for your needs. You start to create that spiritually, recognizing that everything you have is the Lord's anyway, and that he desires to bless you. He's said that many, many times in the scriptures. The law that's connected to it is tithing the faith action that's required is to give unto the Lord what he requires so in tithing we know that's temp so you start to act in faith hoping that the Lord will bless you with more abundance and then the miracle that is spiritually manifest is opening of the windows of heaven so I love this. For me, tithing hasn't really ever been a challenge since I've been active in the church, but I love hearing people's testimony of tithing. I remember my grandparents' story of tithing, um, and I'll just share it. So my grandma, um, and, and I know all of you can relate because you've either experienced this or you've, you've heard of people uh, bear testimony of this, but she had just enough money to pay the last bill that they owed um, or pay the tithing and she made the choice to pay tithing and then a day and a half or two days later a check showed up uh, inexplicably wasn't expected it was a refund for something I think 
and that's the whole we I just basically in a very short story just ran down the whole process of of how to overcome scarcity with the law of tithing meaning you know your your desire is that you have enough right but you go full send basically you're like okay I'm just gonna be obedient to the law that this is predicated on and then expect the Lord's gonna follow through on his end of things and provide the blessing and that's exactly what happened so this is probably one of the easiest ones to talk specifically about. And now if you ask my grandma, she'll never not pay her tithing first, right? Because she learned that principle that if you do what the Lord says, he, he, he pays his end. That's the awesome thing about this formula is <clears throat> you can test it, every one of them. <laughs> yeah. And see whether it bears fruit or not, right? <clears throat> Okay, so let's go to, this is one that I taught the pre-scorm uh, this last Sunday. So, pornography, lust, sexual sin. That's the demon, okay? The blessing is to be virtuous. That's what you're seeking for. The law is chastity. Okay, so the actions, the faith actions would be to avoid triggers, pray for deliverance, Learn to honor womanhood or manhood or manhood and to repent quickly. Okay, obviously there's different. So with the faith actions specifically, they could be different for every single person. Literally, once you know what the law is, you go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do to be obedient to this law? Yeah, somebody could be struggling in the scarcity side of things, right? And then... They, they may jump into a, an issue with pornography based on that, right? Like, oh, I don't have enough money. I'm stressed. Here's how I self-soothe, right? Which is not good, right? But that's the road they go down. And so yep. the interconnectedness of all of these, somebody may realize, oh, a trigger for me isn't uh, thinking about, you know, pornography or, you know, lusting after someone. The trigger is scarcity. Like they, yep. they go like, oh, I'm freaking out because I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Yep. Let me take my mind off of that by doing something I shouldn't be doing. Right. Okay, so the the miracle or the physical manifestation of this is found in DNC 121 that says, let, per, let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. And the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews of heaven. So by being obedient to the law of chastity with small and simple actions of faith eventually you get to a point where that virtue garnishes your thoughts and you become confident in the presence of God and when you're confident in the presence of God you can do things like the brother of Jared did right and see the finger of God yep <clears throat> you can shudder at the appearance of sin right like I can't tell you how many times that that happens to me with things that I used to struggle with. Now it's like if it even shows up anything close to it shows up in my life, I literally, I physically shudder, which has been interesting. Like I'll, ooh, like just get the chills and like go directly to prayer and run from that thing. So that's a heat, that's powerful. I mean, yeah. to be able to shudder at the, at sin, at, at the sight of sin. So I'm going to, I'm going to share this with you, and this is really sensitive. I know that there's people out here who are struggling with addiction. I've had very good friends that have struggled with 
sexual addiction, different types of addictions, and they got very offended when I said this to them. But it's been reiterated by multiple prophets that the atonement of Christ is sufficient to overcome all weakness. And sin. And sin. President Oaks just gave that. That was his entire message this last general conference. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we get told that once you're an addict, you're always an addict. And I disagree strongly with that principle. And I know that's going to tick a lot of people off me just saying that. I don't feel like the groups like AA that teach that are bad in any way, shape, or form. I, I love that they're trying to help and bless people's lives. But I do know that God's grace and atonement, our Savior's grace and his atonement is sufficient. If you desire it, if you identify the blessing, you begin to create it spiritually and hope for it, and you start the actions, that miracle will be manifest in your life. It may not happen overnight or in a day. It probably won't happen overnight or in a day. No. It's a process. These, This flow that we're teaching you is not a... I did this, I did this, I did this, I get the blessing. Usually it's, I did this, I did this, and you fall back in the ditch. <laughs> and you got to climb back out again and get back on the path and try again. That's what repentance is about, repenting quickly, right? Yeah, but it's never, I mean, Christ never said, I'm going to heal everybody of everything except for people who are addicted. You're always going to be an addict, right? Like, he never said that, no. Like, he heals those people it's a different it's a little bit different process well the process is the same but the, the uh it's for every person it's different uh, on how that happens some people have an addiction and they're able to quit it and forget it right and other people are you know the way they're wired there's generational iniquity that comes into it literally can be in your dna a little bit like traditions just of the traditions fathers. of the fathers you can get and you can get sucked right back into it and the whole perp, the whole point to me is 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 exactly what Greg said. How many times are you going to find yourself in the ditch of self-loathing, you know, and climb back out of it far enough that another disciple can grab a hold of you, or you can climb up enough to get a hold of the the rod and start walking again? Yeah. That's the point. The point is not to sit there and say I'm never going to be able to overcome this, so I just need to submit to it. No, you need to submit to God, and He'll help you overcome it. That's right. Okay, so here's another big one that we hear from a lot of people right now is fear and doubt. Yeah, and this is one that I deal with as well. So the demon is fear and doubt. And listen to this. Fear and doubt, scarcity, thorns in the flesh, lust, all of these things are being presented to you by a demon. That's why we're calling it cast off your demons. These are literal dark forces at work against you. So when you think about fear and doubt, when you feel fear and doubt, that is an adversarial being forcing that dark energy at you and I I just submit 
in fact there's some commentary from McConkie and others that that have helped me to draw this conclusion that that most of the devils and demons that we deal with are specialists so they're very specialized and so they're really actually kind of attuned to the frequency if you can look at it like a radio wave of what fear and doubt is so the fear and doubt demons are like ooh I do you smell it I smell it let's go you know and they're and they're like hone in on it and then they go find the source of that because it's what they feed off of that's how they get their power that's how they still exist right they exist because people give in to fear and doubt yeah. if they if they didn't if no one gave in to fear and doubt they couldn't be here that's what's going to happen during the millennium right like yeah. there won't be any fear and doubt demons because guess what fear and doubt won't be allowed to be here because the people who are here on the earth have already come overcome fear and doubt program that's so right. there's no fear and doubt demons running around that's right the, so this this concept that we're teaching you does something very specific and that is it draws darkness into the light Doctrine and Covenants says that we should waste and wear out our lives drawing the things of darkness into the light <clears throat> once you've drawn fear and doubt demon into the light guess what he can't stay there those dark beings cannot dwell in light and glory and they have to depart so when we recognize that that fear and doubt we're feeling is of the adversary and we draw it into the light it has to go away so the blessing that goes with fear and doubt is courage right if you have courage you're not going to fear and doubt so the law that's connected is the law of sacrifice in order to be courageous you have to overcome the fear and doubt and the way that you do that is you have to get uncomfortable okay you have to be patient in long suffering you have to be willing to put yourself in a place that you don't want to be so I mentioned this in another podcast but I think it's good to mention here again the visiting 70 that we had not long ago <coughs> uh, was sitting at the feet of the prophet and the brethren and the last speaker in their training in this group of 70s that were all gathered to be fed before the conference by the, by the prophet and the, the apostles spiritually, the prophet stood up and said, it's time to get comfortable with persecution, brethren. And that's a little, that kind of makes me shudder a little bit, you know, like the, the prophet saying, hey, get ready, because it's, it's not full contact for you now, it's going to be. And you need to be comfortable with that. I mean, Joseph Smith said, he his it was his lot to uh to to swim in deep water basically you know with with weight on him i mean he was just always felt like he was on the verge of drowning but he got comfortable with it and ultimately you know we know where he is because he got comfortable with that to the point where he ended up giving his life he was so comfortable with the thought that you know he's going to be persecuted and that's all right because this all plays into the plan of agency and helps give the traction necessary to build the kingdom that he just did it so we got to be i think that's such a huge key is to be comfortable with opposition and comfortable with challenges as uncomfortable as they are yeah just to give you a real simple example of this when i first started in my sales career nothing caused more fear for me even in the mission field when we do our trainings and stuff i hated role-playing like there was nothing I detested and feared more than having to do a role play in front of a group 
<laughs> like that was I did not want anything to do with that well for any of you who have been in the sales world you know that role play is pretty much a mandatory thing <laughs> there's no way to get away from it it's like the boot camp of sales yeah and for years and years and years I just struggled with that I would do everything I could to avoid having to do a role play until eventually I became the business owner and now it was my job to train the new sales guys and at first I didn't do role plays I was like sweet no more role plays I'm in charge now right but then I noticed that my sales guys were suffering because they hadn't practiced to be able to go out and do what they needed to do and so I had to implement the role plays and I remember that I had to ask the Lord for help to overcome that and once I asked for that help to this day I can get up in front of a group I don't care how many people and role play whatever needs to be role played it's just not even minor an issue for me anymore um, but that was something that I had to overcome and the way I overcame it was by getting really uncomfortable <laughs> so uh, you know what comes to mind when you say this the whole endowment ceremony <laughs> it's all role play yeah it really is <laughs> like I never thought about it that way but I'm like oh man no wonder it was so uncomfortable the first time I went right and now I'm just like yeah I'm seeing what pl play out in front of me what I need to do to be able to pierce the veil and see the Lord right yeah. like awesome right yeah. but I used to be the same way I'd go there and I'm like a I don't know what's going on in here and B there's people talking and playing a role right now and it's and really weird <laughs> right yeah it's even more interesting when you go to a live session like if you go to salt oh, lake yeah. or whatever that's that but it's i don't know to me now it's cool yep. you know it's yeah, i've i've grown i think a little bit that way yeah so sack to be able to be become courageous in the thing that you're fearful of you're gonna have to get uncomfortable and start acting in that thing with faith that you can do it and then once you've done that the manifest miracle the blessing that you can claim is that you will have the courage to fulfill your foreordained mission to accomplish your purpose on the earth you're never going to be able to accomplish what you were sent to be here if you doubt yourself and if you're fearful to act it's just not possible and that's why courage is such an amazing blessing you know I think of the I think of the young stripling warriors they just gushed about how courageous they were right never uh, Helaman says never had he seen so great a courage among the Nephites and they were courageous because they had sacrificed they had done what was required by listening to their parents and learning the things that they needed to learn and they just sent it, right? Right, full send, right? <laughs> like, whatever. There's a bunch of young teenagers with the entire Lamanite army pressing down on them, and they just did it. They just did what they, with confidence that the Lord would protect them. Yeah, that was a, that was a full send. Like, yeah, and you know what's interesting is this is dawning on me, and I know this is huge. Like, we're standing on the shoulders, literally, of people who had courage to do what they did for their to fulfill their mission right we talked about Joseph Smith we've talked about Helaman's 2000 stripling warriors think of any
positive role model. You talk about full send. How about Lehi and Nephi, right? Like we're going to go out in the wilderness, leave everything behind, go to a new world, build a boat. I mean, just the whole thing, right? And then ultimately our ultimate example is Christ, right? Like all in and we're literally benefiting not only from all of those other people, but most importantly from Christ because he said I'll go and do my work. And because I do my work, you will do greater miracles. He said that to us. He said that to the apostles. Yep. I think of my my ancestors, simple, humble people that, first of all, got on a ship, sailed across the ocean, had no clue whether they were even going to make it here. Right. Then sold everything they had, bought a handcart, <laughs> put the bare minimums in it, and started walking. Right. Like, holy smokes. Every time I we had family that were in the Martin Handcart companies and some of those that really struggled and others that were in, like, the big wagon companies that made it pretty okay, but they still struggled. But I think of the sacrifice that they made, the fear that they must have felt. I'm sure that they heard rumors coming back of how hard that trail was and how grueling it was going to be. And they doubted whether they would be able to make it right especially some of the older people that went and the it just boggles my mind but they got uncomfortable yep right they got comfortable with being uncomfortable right like it's a paradox but it's so true like took that step into the darkness which is that faith action and the lord gave them courage to get up every morning and keep walking I'll never forget. This is, I think this is poignant. And, and I, I was down in uh, ground combat school and we had a, it was called the three bears, um, ruck. Uh, it was, I think just about six kilometers or so. And these hills were stupid. I mean, just stupid. And I am in full combat battle rattle with a hundred pounds of gear. And the only part of my skin in Texas heat, and we're talking like 100 degrees plus humidity right the only part of my skin that was exposed was my face everything else was covered my fingers everything so you're hotter than you've ever been and i was the second or third guy right in the stack of guys but there's one guy he's just way out there in front of all of us but i could see him every once in a while when the trail was straight enough but he was way in front of us right so i'm literally in a place where i am i've never been more uncomfortable in my life like I actually considered for a few minutes just stripping down completely and running off into the woods and then getting chaptered out of the military, you know, because I basically went crazy because like it was that hot. Right. And I think about how I felt, though, after I finished that. And then I finally got some liquid in me and poured the sweat, literally poured the sweat out of my boots and like, you know, and like got some Gatorade. And like afterwards, I was like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done physically but it was amazing to have accomplished it, right? And actually have to have done pretty well time-wise. And I, it didn't matter to me. I remember thinking that, like, the slowest guy that was out there came in, like, 30, 40 minutes after I did, but I didn't care. Like, I ran up to him, and I just gave him the biggest hug. I was like, dude, that was insane. Like, and we just, we rejoiced. It didn't matter where you came in as far as your place, and that's really where we're at with all of this, right? Like, it doesn't matter... If you're better at something than somebody else, if somebody else is better than you, the whole 
the whole realization we have to have is what's your mission you know what are you here to accomplish and overcome and then how do you use that experience to help congratulate and help other people along the path Absolutely. so I, I don't know why I felt like I needed to share that but it's just burned into my mind that overcoming those challenges is why we're here yep absolutely I mean that's what we're talking about is overcoming the challenges is getting these demons off our back right so we can move forward and do what we've been sent here to do <clears throat> so this is another one that we hear a lot anxiety um, and this is one that's attacked me many times in my life um, so anxiety is just that anxious feeling of not knowing how how it's going to work right or not understanding why you're in the situation that you're in um, just almost a catatonic type of fear where you're just shutting down <laughs> right and so for me as I think of the blessing that overcomes anxiety it's peace right because anxiety is chaotic yeah this is where Greg's helped me immensely like he taught me the whole principle of checking in and I think he taught it to me amidst him learning it himself basically but huge right like to be able to go to the Lord in that anxiety right because you don't know how things are going to work out right like my wife and I are getting ready to build a house but we don't have all the money yet and we're still waiting for some other money to show up and you know and we're like doing little pieces but then we're like we don't see how the whole thing's going to come together right and the reality is is that I just check in with the Lord and I'm like, was I supposed to go out and run the skids deer and strip the, you know, strip the vegetation off today? Yep. You're good. You did what you're supposed to today. Okay, cool. You know, then I'm doing the step right then that I should be doing. Therefore I have the peace to know that while I don't see the whole picture of how it's all going to work, I know that the peace I did today is what the Lord wanted me to do today. And I have peace about it. That's right. If you, if you can get to that point where you can check in and say, Lord, am I good? And that peace of the Spirit just fills your whole soul, and the Lord says, yep, you're good. Right. Or he says, yeah, you're good, but do this, right? And right. he gives you some other little tweak to your paradigm. And then, yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. You're just like, okay, then I don't have to worry about it anymore, right? Take the worry, the anxiety, put it on the altar, right? Because the Lord's got it. That's right. So the law that governs peace is obedience obedience to the voice of the spirit um, first Nephi chapter 20 verse 18 talks about that basically we need to listen to the voice of the spirit and not to other men anxiety is always caused when somebody else pops into your head and says you're not doing what you should be doing or you're not doing that right or or maybe they don't even talk to you. You just look at them and how they're doing it and you're not doing it that way. And you're like, oh, I must be doing this wrong or I'm not good enough or whatever. All of those things are what causes that chaotic um, feeling with inside of us. But if we're being obedient to the voice of the spirit, that's what brings peace. So. And the reality is, is if you're getting a bunch of flack and opposition from other people, particularly if it's very contentious flack and very contentious accusational finger pointing abusive type of opposition, guess what? You're probably on the right path because that's what that's what this whole program is about is that when you step up and try to level up, 
you're going to get a commensurate level of opposition to to earn the blessing or to qualify, I guess, for the blessing associated with that law. That's right. So the the miracle that's manifest when you claim this blessing is confidence, right? And assurance that your course is acceptable and pleasing to God. It's a Joseph Smithism from Lectures on Faith. Yep. So I I just want you to try this for those of you who are being tormented by anxiety. Look at your life. All of the things that you're doing that are good. The things you're the obedient things that you're doing and then just turn to your Heavenly Father and say Heavenly Father I'm really trying to do what I'm supposed to be doing am I good am I okay with you are we okay and just wait for him through the Spirit to respond to you you're good you know what I love is that as you're doing that right as you were just describing that Greg uh, I, I see myself with that anxiety block, right? And that's that's the process of you drawing that out of the darkness and putting it into the light on the altar, right? Because the, the altar of Christ is in the light and it's, it's destroyed, right? Like you're like, okay, here's my anxiety. Lord, I've got this anxiety. Am I okay? And you put it on the altar and he's like, you're good. And you're like, and then that peace washes over you and that confidence and you're like, I'm good. It doesn't matter what the adversary is telling me or it doesn't matter what this person that's yelling at me is telling me or it doesn't matter. It doesn't really doesn't matter. One of my favorite things to do after I go through that process, I still do this to this day. I literally will look behind me and be like, nice try, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Like recognizing, bringing him even further into the light that there was a demon trying to get me to stay in that chaotic state of anxiety. Nice try, buddy. It's time to take a hike. (laughs) You're in the light. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what I picture, too, is getting the demons off your back as you're saying that, right? It's like that's a, like you're almost feigning like it's hurting you, right? And you're kind of falling forward. And then as you fall forward, you just grab that demon off your back and throw him towards the (laughs) altar, right? Like you just throw him into the light. Like, hey, take that. He's like, "Ah, I can't handle it. (laughs) Exactly. Love it. Okay, so... This next one is despair or depression or sorrow. As I thought of this one, what came to my mind was Joseph in uh, Liberty Jail down in the dungeon when he cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So here's the prophet of the Lord who has seen the Savior multiple times, has a fullness of the priesthood, just has everything right but he's in a dungeon and he's depressed (laughs) and he's despairing yeah come on folks like just think about that for a second right we're told that joseph smith is the greatest prophet aside, aside from christ that has ever lived and he got thrown in a dungeon where he couldn't see his family for a long period of time and the most cold and you know decrepit positions you know a super shallow basically crawl space of a of a jail that they were in you know and he's he's crying out to the lord like i've never been in that situation so i mean i know we shouldn't get in the program of comparing crosses but let's be real this guy was second to christ as far as things he's done for people or for the world for the salvation of man then should we 
really be questioning that we have challenges ourselves to overcome yeah depression and despair is is something that i believe we have to experience to be able to progress like if we want to progress and become like the savior at some point we're going to experience that depression and that despair it's whether we stay in the darkness so as joseph cries out to the lord in that despair the lord comes back and basically says joseph this is just for a little bit like you need to experience this for just a little bit and then it's going to bring glory to you forever yeah he says my son peace be unto thy soul thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment and then if thou endure it well god shall exalt thee on high thou shalt triumph over all thy foes so here's the blessing that joseph just received by hearing that from the lord the reason why we despair the reason why we feel sorrow the reason why we get depressed is because we can't see the end from the beginning we don't know what's going to come next when you get hung up in despairing or depression it's because you see situation in front of you and you don't know how to resolve it right and so you just get sucked into it until it until it demobilizes you causes you not to be able to move forward and then we heap on top of that we heap on top of that immobilized feeling this well i just need to gut it out because i've got to do all i can and then christ is going to make up the rest right we just we take that that notion and we just pile it on ourselves on top of what we're already suffering right which then makes it worse because then you exert all of your energy and realize that you're still no closer to a solution and now you're just angry and tired yep so the lord in that moment in the jail in that jail told joseph joseph this is just for a small moment and allow gave joseph knowledge that he was this was something that he was supposed to go through that it would just be for a small moment and then in the end it's going to give him um, glory basically so he gained understanding and he gained knowledge that's the blessing despair depression sorrow the blessing that overcomes those is knowledge and understanding the law that's attached to that is patience so the Lord told Joseph just be patient with this for a minute for a small moment and then it'll be over um, it's kind of like my rock right like we had a saying was embrace the suck right like <laughs> but it's worth it at the end you're like holy smokes I felt like my heart was going to explode and now I'm standing here with my buddies like just hugging it out because we just did the most difficult thing we ever we never thought we could do you know and and i know that's going to be how it is when we cross the veil right and come into christ's presence we're like man that was exerting and i know i was helped a ton but i'm so glad i made it like yeah. thankfully i'm here and when when you're going through that experience on the rug embracing that suck you know the end from the beginning right you know that it's going to end yep. it's not going to be forever and so you can push through it so when you're looking at these things that are causing depression if you can see the greater picture if you can understand who you are and why you're on the planet and why you're going through these things gaining that personal knowledge from the Lord through revelation hmm, another reason why the prophets telling us to receive revelation then you can push through it yeah, I love 
the scripture in Psalms 46:10 basically talks about being still and knowing know that I am be still and know that I am God. Joseph in that moment wasn't told to go try and convert the guards or start digging a hole under the prison to get out or anything like that. He was basically told, Joseph, shh, be still. That's awesome too. And and as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking back of other pe- prophets who'd been in prisons, right? Other prophets who were somewhere down the line from Joseph as far as their ability and what they did for the salvation of mankind. And yet they were delivered, right? Alma and Amulek stood up and the prison walls fell. So, you know, why wasn't Joseph delivered in that circumstance, right? Why wasn't, why did God ask Abraham to do what Abraham had to do, right? And it's tailor-made. So whatever your crucible is, it's for you. And if you ask God what it is you're supposed to learn, which of these laws you're supposed to be learning from that experience, you're going to, you're going to, he's going to tell you, and then you'll see how to apply that knowledge. That's right. So the miracle that the physical manifestation is having a sure foundation that's built on Christ where you're undaunted by the vicissitudes the changes and challenges of life like you'll be able to stand firm as the tribulations become greater and greater if you can recognize who you are why you're here what the purpose is and then just trust in the Lord through faith right doing those actions that are required Okay, the last one here, obviously you can take this formula now and plug whatever it is. If you have jealousies, if you have, I don't know, whatever the demon is that's holding you back, you can literally plug it into this um, flow and recognize what it is you need to do to be able to claim that blessing. This last one is kind of an encompassing one for all of them. Um, And so the, the demon is opposition. Like Tyson just said, the prophets told us we need to get comfortable with opposition because that's that's our reality. So the blessing that overcomes opposition is spiritual growth or progression to the fullness. Opposition is literally our, <clears throat> my boys have got me working out with them right now. And opposition of the weights to my old fat body have caused much pain. <laughs> But at this point, I'm hoping that I can get myself back into physical shape, right? I'm creating that spiritually. And so I'm willing to do the work that causes the pain, do the opposition to be able to receive that blessing of a strong body, strong physical body. And that's the same with any kind of opposition that we're looking at, whether that's persecution from family, whether that's persecution from people at work, it doesn't matter what it is. The law that's required to overcome opposition is consecration or being all in, full send, right? Yep. So there's no way that you're going to overcome the opposition that's coming to the planet right now if you have not chosen to be in, to be part of the good shepherd's fold and not part of the adversaries. And the reality is if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're here for one of two reasons. There's probably a small number that are here to beat Greg and I I up, which is fine because you're only playing into the Lord's plan of opposition for Greg and I. But the rest of you that are here, which is the vast majority, I believe, are here because you want something, some understanding of how to weather the storm that you're already in. And I know the stories of some of the folks that are listening 
and like Greg said the other day, like we are seeing people being hammered, but we're also so uplifted by their faith to stand in there and take shots and just keep trudging forward, even though you know the adversary is throwing all hell against them. Yep, absolutely. So some of the faith actions required in consecration is looking to Christ in all things, right? Turning to the light. Anytime you're facing opposition and you're staring it in the face, it's going to try and intimidate you. But if you'll just look up, the Savior is right there. Look in his eyes. Just like Peter walking across the water, the waves were thrashing around him. If he looked at the waves, he sunk into the water. If he looked at the Savior, he stayed on top of the water. And you're going to look away from the Savior and sink, and he'll be right there to pull you out of the water. Like, don't be afraid of that. But the better we can get at trusting the Savior and keeping our eyes on him and keeping our face towards the light, we'll be able to overcome that opposition. And then the manifest miracle is in DNC 121.8. It says, and if thou will endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. And thou, sh- and thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. Um, everything that we've talked about today is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. It's practice, 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 which is what repentance is, right? Repentance is not anything more than having that initial desire to change and then practicing it over and over and over again through repentance. Yeah, that's the only way we make it right now is by drawing darkness into the light we have to recognize the oppositional forces that are against us right now and we have to draw them into the light and put them on the altar and watch them be destroyed as we do the works through our faith that are necessary so again just real quick recap Identify the demon, desire the change, identify the, uh, the blessing, begin to create it spiritually through hope, identify the law that's connected, start acting in faith through the faith actions that the Spirit tells you to use. It's going to require a step into the darkness every time. That's what faith is. Evidence of things hoped for, you have to step into the darkness for those things that you've hoped for and created spiritually. And trust that God will manifest them physically in a miracle. I just want to say <clears throat> this podcast right now, to be honest, brothers and sisters, for me, is exactly this process. So I've struggled with some health challenges and I've alluded to them before. But, but one of those is post-traumatic stress disorder from my time in Afghanistan. Um, and uh, that gets the better of me lots of days my wife is my absolute hero because she carries a lot for our family Um, and you want to go down the list of things that we just talked about today Um, you know for sure uh, over the last couple days anxiety depression um, just completely depleted physically Um, go out and do something small and then have to go back and and recoup and you know relax and try and get some energy back And this has been a struggle for me for a while. And I know that some of these are, you know, we don't want to present this like, oh, if you apply this formula one time, 
then it's going to work and you're going to you're going to be fine um, and then you won't have to do it again because that's not reality the reality is is that we have those thorns in the flesh those big challenges the lord's given us that we've got to continue to apply repentance to so i did i i went to him i'm like okay lord like i'm really really tired today i don't feel like i have a lot of energy um to physically do some things that i needed to do in preparation of building our house and um and i was told i needed to do this today and so and i didn't honestly have the energy or feel like i had the wherewithal to to even do this i was super unfocused in our preparation for this podcast um trying just everything i could to to be focused and it's interesting how as we started um i felt the spirit of the lord come over me and i felt buoyed up because i was willing to to exert myself and step step into that dark and step and lean into <clears throat> that challenge the depression the anxiety and throw them on the altar just grab them and toss them and uh, and get the help from heaven so that's the reality the reality is, is that greg and i are not immune to any of the stuff we're talking about the reality is, is that we're starring in the same movie you are and we just hope that you know that we love you and we're with you and i say that in the name of jesus christ amen amen so that concludes this podcast. Um, we have some exciting things that are coming down the pipeline. We're going to introduce those in a podcast later this week. Um, if you like the podcasts, be sure to like them and follow them. And that way you'll get notified when the new ones come up. Um, we just appreciate all the support from everybody out there. Uh, we love hearing from you. We've heard so many amazing stories. Um, we've had people reach out for help. Um, please continue to do that. Um, just want you to know that God loves you and that we are his battalion and he is calling us up and has just given us some major tools to be able to progress and do the things that he needs us to do on the planet. God bless you and be with you until we meet again. Hoorah.